Hello and welcome to the Salesforce Posse podcast. My name is Francis Pinder from Next Stronghold. And I'm Anoop Jagha from Azure Underwriting Limited. So this is a brand new podcast for uh, developers and architects. And it's really focused around uh, news and stories for the developer and architect community, I think. Is that what we're doing? I think so, yeah. I think we, and we say developers and architect, but we'll also cover interesting admin stuff as well, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, where it makes sense. But the, the primary focus of this podcast will be around uh, developer content and what's happening in the uh, developer side of things and in the architecture side of things. Yeah, absolutely. So let's start by, this is our first podcast. We're very new at yes, this. Yes, we're very new at this. We don't even see. know if it's recording. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we hope it's recording. So let's, let's start by doing some proper introductions. You know, we, we are starting this. Possibly most of our listeners don't know about us, so let's do You sure? I think so. For for people who are not our mums or dads or related to us, uh, maybe we should do a deep... Absolutely. So who are you, Anoop? Who am I? Oh my God, that's a deep philosophical question. Am I a human being? (laughs) I think so. Um, So I'm Anoop Jadav. So I've... uh, My role, day-to-day role, is a Salesforce Technical Architect. I'm also a manager here at uh, Azure Writing Limited. I've been using and building applications on Salesforce for over 10 years now. I recently wrote a blog post about it as well that you can check on my on my Twitter and LinkedIn. But my focus has been mostly building applications for Force.com uh, with a little bit uh, on the side on Heroku. I've also dabbled with AWS over the years, but not an expert like you, yourself. Uh, so yeah, that's where I am. So 10 years of Salesforce experience, and I can probably say I know a little bit of Salesforce. I'm also a Salesforce MVP, developer MVP, uh, three times so far. I've been lucky enough to, to get renewed three times. So I don't know what that means, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, thanks to the community out there. So that's me. So I am Francis Pinder, and I work for Next Stronghold. And yes, I've been a... I suppose I started Salesforce about 12 years ago, I think. And uh, I've been a Salesforce MVP for seven years, although now I have graduated. You were the first MVP I met, I think, afterwards, at the London Developer User. Oh, yeah. So there was basically Wes, me, Kia, and Chris, I can't remember his surname, who disappeared off the planet. I can't remember his name, but yeah, it was four of yeah, us basically four. originally. Um, but yeah, it's great. And now, and now I've graduated to the MVP Hall of Fame. Wow, congratulations. Which is great because you get pretty much all the benefits and don't have to do the work. So do they have a painting of you uh, on the Salesforce talent? Yeah. <laughs> all, all of us, all the Hall of all Famers famous. are there yeah. going, yeah. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Down a corridor, yeah. <laughs> so... What is the one thing that really keeps you interested in the platform? I think the fact that it's almost you can make changes, develop functionality and features very quickly for a business, basically without having, well, in inverted commas, um, the kind of the baggage of scalability and all the other kind of problems you have with traditional tech. So that's why I quite like it. Cool. Yeah, I think it's the same for me. The speed of development and prototyping and the ability to make changes to the business processes 
yeah. relatively painlessly yeah. is the thing that keeps uh, keeps me interested. I was also talking to, uh, not talking, but I kind of read a conversation recently in a forum where someone made a very interesting point. They said that, you know, uh, we're talking, we're in this age of serverless mm. uh, uh, platforms and going serverless, this and that. So the, the discussion was around whether serverless is a subset of microservices or not. That's what the debate was. Oh, but, yeah. uh, one person kind of jumped in and he said, he was working on Java before, which had servers, and then they moved on to the cloud, which is AWS. Then he started working on force.com, mm. and he said, would you say that's serverless? I can't SSH into something. I can't do the typical things that you would do on a server application. You just deploy metadata. So if you look at the uh, definition of serverless, uh, it looks like we might be doing serverless, uh, building I, serverless applications. If you, if you look, <coughs> so it's basically the serverless manifesto. Yeah. Basically says what serverless is, the characteristics of it. Yeah. And so the point at which I think Salesforce falls over a little bit yeah. on that is that it's not a kind of pay for use. So if users are not using it, you don't get charged. Where in Salesforce, that's not the case because you've still got a user license. But is that a... Is that a consequence or is that a primary feature of serverless? Is that what defines serverless? It's, well, it's one of the features. Right. Whereas, and also you could argue that, like in a serverless world, if I suddenly hit you know, a Lambda function or whatever a million times in a yeah. second, it will yeah. still scale, to, well, may take a little couple of seconds or something to warm up, but essentially it will essentially could scale up to that quite quickly. Yeah. Whereas if you hit Salesforce with a million API requests, they'll limit you. Yeah, they'll yeah. limit you. So there are... Fair enough. Fair it's, enough. it's almost there. It's almost there. So yeah. I think we should do an episode on serverless. I think it would be quite interesting. So in the news today... So it was news this month? No, I think it's May now. I said last month, I think. Okay. Yeah. So in the news last month, uh, we had uh, news that Salesforce was buying Map Anything. Now, have you used Map Anything? So I've used it once. It's interesting. So it's a very useful uh, geo-enabled field productivity app, which mm. allows you to build workflows around geolocation. And it's quite useful for the for the service cloud side of things, where sales reps, uh, not sales reps, the service reps are out in the field doing stuff so it, it provides you with capability to create an optimized route yep. uh, for certain things so it's very useful so i've used map anything i've also used geopoint uh, yeah. quite see, similar I, see i've never so used geopoint I've, I've used map anything a lot <clears throat> especially also in sales yeah so i'm actually implementing it i've been implementing it the last couple of months for a client and all around adoption and also when salespeople are on the road, they can see if there's prospects nearby. Yeah. Uh, so when they're mapping their route, because it has integration into, you know, your events yeah. and tasks within Salesforce all as well. You know, if you've got the integration to your Outlook, essentially that flows all the way through. So it's quite, I think it's quite a powerful tool. It is. And the, the acquisition makes sense for Salesforce. Rather than Absolutely. building something custom, yeah. uh, they, they've just bought this this application that's built natively on the platform and they can just start integrating it. I'd be quite interested in how field service, because field service has got mapping, I think. It not like, yeah. It's not there yet. So I think I'm pretty sure they will overlap. There'll be some overlap of yeah. features and they're going to integrate. I hope that they'll do a proper deep integration across sales, 
service, field service, yeah. uh, because then it'll just be very powerful. Yeah, I think of all the acquisitions, this is probably on the end of smart acquisitions <laughs> rather is. than some of the others they made, which yeah, we'll I was like, we'll, really? <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about one, I suppose, after this. <laughs> no, they, they, uh, they said that they have around uh, 1,900 customers. Uh, they've been around since 2009, so it's quite impressive yeah. growth. Uh, they really, uh, they raised, recently raised 84 million in two thousand. Um, a Series B round was 33.1 million recently. So and uh, which and Celsius Ventures is also an investor. I think yeah. if Celsius Ventures invests in your app, uh, in your app, uh, then there is a high likelihood that they, they might be interested yeah, exactly, in buying yeah. you. Uh, again, with the disclaimer asterisk, you know, uh, we are not investors. Oh, but you are an investor possibly on the side, right, Francis? Couldn't possibly comment. <laughs> but yeah, good for them. It just raises the question now: What will happen to GeoPoint? Yeah. Given that um, Map Anything is now will be native on the platform, yeah. I, I don't know if there'll be an additional license fee to use it. I hope not. Fingers crossed. But uh, we shall I'm see. Sure, there will be to start off with. Yeah. I see why they wouldn't. But yeah. yeah, hopefully over time it will come onto the platform. Yeah. But yeah. Well, this acquisition is smart and definitely makes sense. What doesn't make sense is the next acquisition that Celsius made. And last what month. would that be? Well, Salesforce.com, I don't know if you've heard, Francis, Salesforce.com acquired Salesforce.org. They acquired a charity. They are. (laughs) For 300 million, chump change, I would say. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, but but it's not quite a straightforward acquisition because the way they've acquired it, the Salesforce.org will become part of the Salesforce.com product set. But the money uh, that's received as part of this acquisition will go to the foundation. Right. So that's how they've set it up. So the foundation is the institution that actually gives money out to charities or raises money for charities. And but the foundation and isn't a charity or is a charity? I'm guessing it's a non-profit entity that kind of raises money on behalf of, you know, the market of hospital or right, behalf okay. of other charities and they give money away. I think that's what it is. That's kind of, there's not a lot of information out there, but... Basically, the, the proceeds from this sale would go to the foundation. So I've tried to find out, you know, why this happened, because uh, even Benioff himself was uncharacteristically silent on Twitter after this acquisition. Normally, yeah, he's, yeah. On, he's on Twitter boasting about his it, to, to me, it sounds very <coughs> bizarre, because I'm, I'm, I'm actually a trustee of a charity in right. the UK. Right. Which At, one is that? Uh, it's actually a theatre company that uh, goes to schools, uh, kind of bringing the arts to schools or areas where they don't have access to it, um, and do a lot of outreach as well, as well as professional shows. Um, but it, for me, it doesn't quite... Because you basically lose all the tax incentives yeah. that you would have being a charity. So, for example, you know, we actually have... A Salesforce.org charity org, which yeah. you know we use, but on top of the free ten licenses you get, you have to pay for the licenses. But with the acquisition, essentially, that's now potentially they've got the the, the Salesforce.org has got increased costs due to the taxes they now have to pay, and do they pass those costs down to the charities or not? Uh, okay. So that, or do they just? I suck up the cost. Nobody knows. <coughs> well, first thing, like I said, this acquisition doesn't make sense. I don't know that what the trigger point was, unless they, they needed money for the foundation for some reason. But again, 
it's kind of something they haven't explained it well. Uh, because, you know... Uh, the press, so release, so the so press release didn't really... For me, yeah. it just was not enough. There was no information into why. But also, it was very... And the CEO will be taking on the role of the sales and marketing of, you know, the Salesforce org. Yeah. I mean, they had, they had a decent revenue. They made, uh, in 2018, they made uh, around $250 million in revenue. Yeah. But with a low operating profit margin, obviously, because, you know, they were selling licenses at a low price. <clears throat> so the big question is... But you know, they... as a charity, that that money is reinvested it in, is, yeah. as charitable, you know, yeah. and also you've got this external oversight making sure... Yeah. As a charity, yeah. that they are reinvesting that money, where now it all goes a bit grey. Yep. Or maybe, you know, playing devil's advocate, they may thought actually the confines of being a charity doesn't allow them to do, you know, the work that they've been doing at the moment with, because they do so much outreach already as yeah. part of Salesforce, you know. Actually, I was at Salesforce Tower last week and a load of Salesforce employees were pouring out with, you know, t shirts. You know, foundation T-shirts yeah. going out to do some charitable giving yeah. somewhere. So, and maybe it's just they just think it just made no sense to having those two separate entities. Yeah. And actually, it makes more sense to bring it all together. Just they are so. and the foundation doing the charity work. Yeah, and yeah. bring it all together. Well, it does raise two two more two important questions. The first thing is more developer centric. What happens to the NPSV package now? Because that was yeah. more for the Salesforce.org customers, <laughs> I believe. And the second question is, now that it's part of the Celsius.com business unit, uh, will the current nonprofits and customers of Celsius.org, uh, can they expect a price hike next year? or exactly. and so, But then you could, actually, you could say they are making a saving potentially because HR and all these kind of additional, you know, can now be part of the Salesforce org. So all that staff cost will yeah. disappear. So maybe, you know, there won't be much of a hike, but who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Anyway, so still strange, but maybe there is some sense to it, which we don't know what it is. So the next news is uh, on a more lighter new, uh, note. <laughs> uh, so have you heard of the Oracle Park? The Oracle Park, no. So the Oracle Park, it's a massive baseball stadium in San Francisco, I believe. Oh, okay. And, uh, oh, was it? It's that. T A. It was called AT and T Park, but oh, Oracle yeah. invested. Uh, or, I don't know they, what they did. There was a deal for like two hundred million for twenty years, and they renamed it to Oracle Park. Right. As you do. <laughs> as you do. As you do. So they were when um, the people uh, attended the stadium and they received their annual calendar, yeah. uh, which had a picture of San Francisco. Um, do you know what was missing from that picture of San Francisco? What's more recently mm. iconic? Oh, maybe. Oh, I think you're kind of maybe hinting at the Salesforce Tower. I am. Really? Apparently, <laughs> according to that calendar, Salesforce Tower does not exist. Ah. Yeah, they've uh, photoshopped it out of existence. Really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, that was interesting. I, f- I found it on the register, which is a brilliant website for all, uh, I guess, gossip. Yes. and tech, tech yep, so definitely. It, yeah so it's like the tabloid of the tech, tech <laughs> yeah. world uh, it's one of my vices to go on there daily and see what's happening in the tech world uh, in, the, in the tabloid sense <laughs> so yeah uh, I think we found this article there and yeah it's quite interesting where how Oracle is trying to just ignore the fact that there is now a really big Salesforce tower in yeah. San Francisco be, yeah it's interesting because 
Salesforce, I think if, when I was, like if you look on LinkedIn and you see how, where staff come from, yeah, you know, there's a, quite a lot that come from Oracle, especially in sales. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's quite. Yeah, there must be some rivalry. But well, there's always well, been there's, rivalry. Yeah. yeah. Do, you, do you remember the uh, the initial world tour and Dreamforce slides from Mark Benioff? Um, they they oh, showed the false cloud. The false cloud the false with cloud Oracle. Cloud. Yes, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I think they removed that afterwards, but uh, I think I'm sure there is some sort of internal. Yeah. Well, Benioff was did work for Oracle yeah. originally. So yeah. Yeah. and also I think Larry Ellison is an investor in Salesforce. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, so if you're looking forward to your uh, Oracle Park calendar, uh, you'll be disappointed to see that there isn't a Salesforce tower in there, you know? <laughs> Unless it was just an old photo. You never know. You never know. I mean, that must have been, what, five years ago? When did Salesforce tower construction work? Anyway. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Um, right, so so what's happening, Francis? What's, uh, what can we expect from Salesforce now? It's, is, it, is it that time? It is that time. It's that time. It's that time. It but is yeah. release time. Oh, release time. We need a jingle for that. <laughs> yes. And every time there's a... ready? A, and... Zerd. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Something like that. <laughs> yep. So three times a year, yeah. we have this happening. Oh, dear. Uh, so yeah. we have the uh, summer 19 release. Mm-hmm. So the release notes are out they are. now. Out now. And uh, I think the... So the preview release windows just started. This, I think was today. Today, this I think. weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So uh, it's a good time to make sure your sandboxes are in the right release version mm-hmm. based on what you're going to be doing over the next couple of weeks. Uh, otherwise, you might have deployment fun. I think probably the best way to As say. You do, yeah. Um, but yeah, so have you had a look at what's in the release notes? And uh, not. I have skimmed them, so I haven't had a chance to kind of look at it in detail. That was kind of my plan for later this week. Oh, okay. The weekend, yeah. I think there's a lot of blogs about what is in the release. Okay, can you recommend a few? Yes, there's one which is my favorite feature, Mm -hmm. which I think they must have developed a lot of time to, and it was probably one of those key top ideas that everybody's asking for, and that is when you close with an opportunity, you get confetti appearing on the screen. That's what was missing in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Oh dear. Yeah, I guess, uh, you know, uh, it makes sense when we have so many other... Uh, ideas and idea exchange languishing for eight plus years. <laughs> uh, it makes sense to prioritize a feature where confetti appears. When uh, you close, win an opportunity. I just yeah. don't want to know what happens if you lose the opportunity. Is that, you know? Um, I'm sure the confetti goes back in reverse. Yeah. <laughs> well, the <laughs> devil so, appears and eats your opportunity or possibly, something. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> well, you know, they should, yeah. I'm sure that's, we can expect that in the next release. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so that's. That's, that's interesting. But I did take a look at some of the dev features, which we won't talk about. I think we should have another podcast yeah, yeah, just sure. for this. But uh, uh, one thing to note is that I can see uh, the influence of uh, Andy Fawcett in Absolutely. some of these uh, releases on the developer front. So uh, I think it was a great move when Andy joined the product team there. Yeah, absolutely. And you can already start seeing some, um, some really cool features coming out from the dev side, you know, LWC is new, but uh, and it, it is going to be game changer. But on the uh, the tooling side, uh, on Apex and you know uh, the stuff that we use for 
building some of the core elements, it's yeah. good to see that it's going in a very positive, developer-friendly direction. Absolutely, yeah. And I've even noticed that some of, <clears throat> I think it's actually the last release, I noticed a couple yeah. of uh, the ideas were actually Andy's ideas originally that somehow managed to get implemented. Look at that. Look wow, at that. how could have that happened? <laughs> you know? So the lesson here, kids, is that if you want your ideas implemented, just join the sales product team. <laughs> no, or 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 um, if you uh, do, you, do you have Andy Fawcett's Twitter handle? Should, should, we, should we look it up? Let, let's look it up. Yeah, let's look it up. Because so if if you want your ideas uh, to be implemented in the next release, feel free to DM Andy. Oh my God, he's going to be so mad at us. He, he, he will be. He's like the, everybody if, tweets him. Oh, yeah. it's Andy in the cloud, of course. Andy in the cloud. There Easy you go. to remember as well. At Andy in the cloud. So follow him, DM him, send him your <laughs> ideas. Uh, Andy, if you're listening, we're sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't have moved to San Francisco, that's all I could say. You know. yep, yep, you know, it's your fault for, for being so efficient and implementing sensible ideas. Well, uh, do, do you think we can expect confetti in the uh, Visual Studio Code Anytime soon, every time our tests pass, there'll be confetti. Oh, yeah, I think that'd be good. Yeah. Andrew, if you're <laughs> definitely implement that. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe if you don't get the deployment fish, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I think we're going to get a lot of hate mail now. <laughs> cool. So, so yeah, I think uh, we our next podcast will focus a bit on some of the cool features we like in yeah. Summer 19. And so that'll be our, the focus of our next podcast. So stay tuned for that. And beyond that, yeah, I think, uh, is there anything else to add to this? I think I, I saw a tweet, mm-hmm. which, uh, which actually is quite interesting, where Salesforce is actually hiring Node.js developers, which I was like, ah, interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you kind of dig a bit into it, it's actually they're, they're hiring them for uh, Salesforce extensions for VS Code or the Salesforce CLI. Um, which I think is quite a smart move. Have you played around with the CLI extensions yet? I haven't, no, personally. they are pretty cool. Um, So basically what you can do is, uh, with a bit of Node.js, you can build your own extensions to the CLI to do, you know, obviously whatever you like. So, uh, for example, I'm working with a client that is in a regulated business. It's quite hard to install applications, integrate them, all this kind of stuff. So your typical dev DevOps workflow doesn't quite work. Yeah. Um, so, But being able to quickly create a Node.js extension that can talk to an on-premise kind of Jira yeah. or you know Git or whatever to make admins' lives a, li- a lot easier is kind of really cool. So I've been kind of playing around with... Uh, just creating a little Node.js extension which uh, allows admins just to kind of check out the Jira essentially from the command point very easily. Oh, nice. Which basically says, hey, they're working on it, spins up a scratch org, does all the Git stuff, uh, allows them to then go in, make those changes, then go back and reference that Jira again uh, using the CLI, (laughs) which then does all the kind of Git operations and then checking back in and, you know, marking that in... Jira. Have you played much with what's what's your favorite ID at the moment? ID. I actually I have to say I'm now moving on to Visual Visual Studio. Studio, and I have to say I don't know why I didn't do it sooner. Yeah. 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 So I started with Sublime, which I really yeah, liked. Yeah. So right. Yeah. And but uh, when um, what's his name? 
stopped stopped Maven's, developing yeah, yeah, Maven's, so Maven, yeah Maven's made they stopped Joe. developing Joe yeah, yeah. yeah Joe hi Joe if you're <laughs> listening to this uh, so when Joe stopped developing uh, the Maven's made extension uh, I stopped Finally, decided to try the illuminated cloud extension on IntelliJ. Which, oh, you're right, which yeah. The only reason I wasn't trying that because you have to pay for first IntelliJ, which is expensive, yeah. and then you have to pay for illuminated cloud. But I have to say uh, that it's worth it. Really? Because uh, I, I used to use IntelliJ way back in my Java days. I know, but now it's so stable. It's it's uh, Eclipse, but hundred times better. Really? So I know Eclipse is super slow and yeah. has issues and stuff. IntelliJ is 100 times better than Eclipse, maybe more powerful than Eclipse. Illuminated Cloud works very well with mm. IntelliJ and the whole ex- developer experience of build, uh, creating code, saving code, deployment, mm. everything is smooth uh, on IntelliJ. Uh, so I don't code that much, but when I do, I use the Illuminated Cloud extension and very happy with it. But I am kind of now looking at VS Code more and more because mm-hmm. Celsius themselves have officially yeah. said that they're retiring the force.com yeah. uh, extension or whatever, and they, they're focusing more effort on the SFDS plugin for VS Code. So that's why I think this, this tweet from Nathan Totten yes, is at N-T-O-T-T-E-N. So he's, I think, the product manager there for... Yes, uh, yes, for SFDX, and he's uh, yeah. So I think they they're putting in more resources and effort into building more powerful developer tools for VS yeah, Code. And I think which it's definitely is, good. Yeah, so it's definitely yeah. a good move to kind of look at VS Code. That's free, yeah. such as which doesn't you know uh, which. Uh, and they've got little things like if you are still in the Eclipse world, <laughs> yeah, just little things that just make it easier. It's like if you're in a unit test and you just want to test the method, it yeah. comes up with a little annotation yeah, yeah. on the test method. You click it and it just runs the test. Exactly. Rather than going and searching for it or you know right clicking or you know trying yeah. to, you know. it's very powerful. I mean, IntelliJ has all of the good things uh, from Eclipse, yeah, uh, and it's fast. So uh, I really enjoy. Um, well, the autocomplete feature, which I think VS Code also has, uh, I haven't played much with it, but you can easily uh, autocomplete stuff, go to references for your code within. Can you do refactoring? Yes, you can. Yeah, you can. So yeah, the, yeah. It's, it's very powerful in refactoring as well. And, it, and uh, the guy who's building Illuminated Cloud, he was doing it part time before, and yeah. now I think he's decided to do it full time. So I'm guessing uh, he's cool. also pouring more time and effort yeah, yeah. and money into this. So, so yeah, definitely exciting times. So, yeah, yeah. so those are my two preferred. I haven't tried VS Code that much, but VS Code and IntelliJ ID with Illuminated Cloud. So yeah, I think um, definitely it's quite heartening to see uh, tweets like this where Salesforce are investing more effort and money and resources yeah. into building more powerful developer tools. Yeah, absolutely. Do you know what's going to happen to the uh, developer console? Is that still going to be around? Ooh, I have no idea. Uh, it, yeah, it seems to be something that's. I mean, I don't use it, but I can sometimes use it to just look up a code in production, uh, just to see what's what's what. But other than that, I don't u- actively use it for developing anything. So I don't know if Salesforce. Uh, probably I, question for Nathan. Yeah, I kind of use it for debugging and every now and again. Yeah, but it's not. Yeah, but the thing is, so when web components came out yeah. it doesn't I don't know I don't think it supports web component well supporting inverted commas <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know you've still got you know lightning component construction yeah. probably in the development console but yeah, yeah. 
Oh. It's always been, you've got no, no version control, you've got no, you know, yeah, it's always yeah. something that you don't want to develop in, really, you know. Yeah, it's, that's why I only use it for, like, um, looking up or reading something, reading code quickly to see whether we have the, yeah. the latest version of that code in production. Query indexing and stuff that's I look it. at, yeah. but yeah. But even then, I use Workbench for all Sockle and uh, data query-related stuff as well, oh, which okay. is quite powerful. So. Yeah. Oh, well, we'll see what happens to it. Right, so what other news items do you have for us? I think the last one that I can think of is the, is the, sun, is the London World Tour. London World Tour, oh. On the When's t- that happening? 23rd of May. Oh, wow. I think it's a Wednesday. Is it a Wednesday? I think it is. It's... No, oh, yeah, it's a Thursday. Yes, it is, it is a Thursday. Thursday. There you go. We are professionals. We've come prepared, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, it's uh, always fun to go along to the World Tour, meet up with the, you know, the community. It is always seems to get, I don't know, a little bit bigger every year. Yes, but the venue doesn't get bigger. It's just the no. number of people there. Uh, I think it gets did, busier. Yeah, I think, I think, was it a couple of years ago? I remember like the dev and admin zones were packed. Yeah. And I think that was mainly due to the layout. And then they kind of improved it last year. Yeah. It felt a lot more open. Yeah. Um, but yeah, hopefully this year. Yeah, should be. So, fun. are you looking? Um, what are you looking forward to at World Tour? Uh, I think there's sometimes you get a couple of announcements of things. Yeah. Um, but I think mostly for me, it's kind of the collaboration with people that you don't really see a lot with. Yeah. You know, especially that moved into partners that. You know, work them to the bone. <laughs> you know, they don't really get out to you know many meetups or anything or user groups. Yeah, oh, sorry, community groups. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yeah, I quite like that, and uh, and also a lot of people coming over from the US, of course, right. from Salesforce. Yeah, and even like Andrew Fawcett sometimes comes over for the World oh. Tours, which is good. Uh, but yeah, I hope he's there. Uh, but if he sees us and if he's listening to, you, if he listens to the podcast. Followed by spam and his... Yeah. We don't exist, yeah, we're not exactly. here. <laughs> so you should avoid him at World Tour. No, for me, I think it's it's the networking aspect where yeah. Yeah, I just go there and I finally get to, maybe once a year, I get to meet some of the people that I normally don't see yeah. the rest of the year uh, from the community. Uh, I, do, I do meet with them, see some of them at developer user groups yeah. and admin user groups. Uh, and other stuff but this year I have a specific agenda I want to kind of look into a technology that I haven't worked on a lot before so Einstein Analytics being one of those uh, yeah, so yeah. I'm going to try and seek out people from Einstein Analytics uh, team and kind of try to understand what's the latest on that platform do they have a certification yes they do they do yes okay. yes uh, I can't remember what it is. <laughs> I mean, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. We'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The show notes. There'll be a but show it, notes, right? It's, it's a certification for everything, isn't it? I think so, yeah. <laughs> What's our, are we done with the news? I think we're done with the news. But if you do have any news that you want us to shout out that you think is relevant, uh, do drop us a line, either uh, on Twitter. My Twitter is at Radnip or Anoops, which is... At Anoop. Which is even easier to remember. <laughs> and if you don't know, mine's my surname spelled backwards. Yeah, I think so. I, uh, it took me some time to realize. <laughs> some people go, oh yeah, it's really yeah. obvious. And I'm like, well. <laughs> but once you notice that, you see it everywhere then. You know, some people are doing that. They're just reversing their surname. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, that doesn't make sense until you read it. Penny drops, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so now we have Anoop's tip of the month. What is your tip? 
So my tip of the month, Francis, is around DML statements, something I thought I knew well, uh, but I was surprised to find uh, a very interesting quirk in the behavior of DML statements. So when you make uh, multiple DML calls in one transaction context, whether that's Visual Force or uh, Visual Force controller or Lightning controller or trigger, if there is an exception, all of the DML action will automatically revert. You know, that's kind of normal behavior. Yeah. So uh, something fails, uh, Celsius is smart, it'll automatically revert. Uh, the transaction and the database will be set to the initial state. Yeah. That's expected and it's documented behavior. But what's not explicitly documented is that if you surround your code with try-catch block, then these, and one of the DML uh, statements fails, mm-hmm. uh, obviously it'll go to the catch block, and Celsius will then not automatically revert uh, the DML statements that it has committed. So let's say you have three DML statements in there and fails on the third one. It goes into the catch block and it expects you to manually revert it. Ooh, so interesting. Yes, and that's not documented. So if you have a try-catch block around DML statements, multiple DML statements in one context, make sure that you manually revert uh, your transaction in the catch block. It's amazing how much, when I do code reviews, it's amazing how many people will throw an exception, catch it and not do anything. Oh, it's my favorite pet peeve. So it's yeah. like, come on. It's that, and the next pet peeve, if you've done an assert, but you haven't put the third, the comment in, of oh, yeah. why, that's my other pet peeve. It drives me <laughs> mad. It's like, why is it for, you know, why yeah. is it failing? You're not telling me why. And yeah. then digging around. But exactly. So, yeah, catching exceptions silently is one of the developer sins, and there is a special place in help for developers. <laughs> <Yes>, absolutely. <laughs> do not catch your exception silently. Do something with it. You know, either log it or, uh, or, especially in this case, it's dangerous because your database is in an inconsistent state. So, yeah. you have to be very mindful of that. And then you could always, you know, set a rollback. Exactly. You know, it's not difficult. Yeah, <laughs> you it's know, not, a couple yeah. of lines. Just get into the habit of setting yeah. your own rollbacks. Never rely on the system to roll back for you. Yeah. Very good tip. Thank you. Yeah, so I found this out to my own detriment, but hopefully it'll help others out there. <laughs> cool, thanks a lot. Cool, I think um, that's our first podcast wrapped up. I think so. Right. So, so this is this is kind of this is new for us and we'll you know we'll play with the format a little bit. And if there's and get new, slicker, hopefully. We'll get, we'll get slicker and we'll, <laughs> we'll remember our dates and days and all of that stuff eventually in a year's time. And this is this will be also our first podcast that we can look back on in a couple of years and cringe. Yes. It's like, did we actually do did this? We? Say this. Oh my word. Oh, you said that. <laughs> so yeah, looking forward to that. Yeah. So thanks all for listening. Uh, this is Anup Jadhav signing off. And Francis Pinder signing off as well. And hope to see you next month. Thank you.